It's a great honor and humility. I accept this nomination. I've never meant it more at stake in this election is the survival of our nation. This is our moment to make hope and history rhyme. My fellow Americans, the best is yet to come. This is 2020 Vision Ohio. Hey, glad you found us once again. This is Clark Donnelly, uh, your host for 2020 Vision Ohio, joined by the rest of the crew. Uh, Christy Kemper, news director at QFM 96. Christy? Howdy do. Howdy. Long time no talk to you. I know. And Greg Hansberry, producer to the stars. Greg? Hello, hello. Hi, Greg. It has been a long and interesting summer. There's just no other way to put it. Is it um, over yet? Is it no, over yet? It's, it's not <laughs> over yet. We started this months back to talk about the election, knowing that it was going to be an interesting year. How interesting is that when we did start, it was before any of this came about, and we were focused on the election and, and issues and this and that, and then boom. Barely got a single episode under our belts, <laughs> and we went off in an entirely different direction, and we've been there ever since. A medical podcast. Yeah, finally, exactly. in the last couple of weeks, we've been getting back to uh, the election. Uh, and of course, what we're trying to do uh, is, you know, uh, unravel all of the political talk, the ideology, the uh, rhetoric, uh, and bring you what, what I like to call truth for the post-truth era. Cut through some of the misinformation. Today, our topic is election security. We're going to be talking in a couple of minutes with uh, a election security expert out of Cleveland who's going to help us understand what some of the issues are and, and from his point of view, um, what uh, Ohio uh, faces and, and where we stand in terms of security. And then we're going to kind of each of us bring up a couple topics we want to talk about as far as the nuts and bolts of carrying out uh, what is going to be a a very, still a very interesting election. And how it's actually going to proceed. I mean, for the most part, we that's in in and of itself is kind of still up in the air. Yes, there are still some questions about that. So uh, before we go any further, though, let's uh, get on the phone now. We've got Patrick Lewis with us. Like I say, Patrick is from Cleveland. He is an election security expert who's worked with elected officials and parties and candidates through the years. Uh, thanks for joining us, Patrick. Well, thanks for having me. So when the president and his supporters say that you know voting by mail is dangerous, the most dangerous thing that can happen, that it's going to lead to voter fraud, uh, as, a, as an attorney who's looked at this from a lot of different angles for several years now, what's your take on that? Is, is voting by mail safe or is it a security risk? Well, I think first I think we need, we need to make a, a distinction between when you talk about vote by mail, there's two different schemes. And, and the first is what we do in Ohio, which is called absentee balloting by mail, which is where the voter requests the ballot. And then the ballot is delivered to them. They cast it. They return it. Uh, I believe when President Trump is referring to vote by mail, he's referring to what's done in a few states where the ballots are mailed to every registered voter. Um, and all that voter has to do is fill the ballot out and return it. And so I think that the concern when you hear about vote by mail being dangerous is the expansion of that vote by mail in jurisdictions that haven't had it. So you have cases, and we had one in Virginia very recently where a a group sent out absentee ballot applications to 580,000 invalid addresses. You have the voter rolls aren't always clear. So, you know, the risk there is if you have true vote by mail that there are going to be all these ballots out in the field going who knows where which creates more, more risk for fraud. Um, with, regard to, yeah, with regard to both, I would just say that you know, we have seen absentee ballot fraud. It does happen. Uh, there was even a bipartisan commission headed up by James Baker and President Jimmy Carter in 2005 that uh, cited absentee ballot fraud as a, as a big risk. 
As far as in-person voting goes, uh, which is is what's going to be, you know, most of that is going to, or that's going to be taking place here in November um, as Ohio continues to allow us to vote by mail, absentee, or also in-person early uh, or on Election Day. Um, what are some of the concerns about that uh, leading up to November 3rd here in Ohio? Sure. Well, you know, people are worried about their health. They want to make sure they can vote safely. They want to make sure um, that there are going to be enough poll workers to man the polling booths, um, which is, you know, which is a bit of a concern. I will say that uh, Secretary of State Frank LaRose has been really a national leader, in my opinion, in, in making sure that our polling booths are going to be safe and people are going to have a good experience this November. I know he's uh, had a lot of very good initiatives to encourage Ohioans to become poll workers. I know he recently secured, I think it was like a half a million uh, masks and, uh, you know, plenty of uh, sanitization products and and all that. Uh, There's been a tremendous amount of planning to make sure that the polls are going to be safe. Um, So I think those are sort of the the main issues. I think we want people to, if you can vote safely um, in person, it's a great way to vote, and um, it's an important way to vote to make sure that everyone has access to uh, the ballot and everyone's voice can be heard. And uh, Secretary LaRose has sent out a directive, basically. Uh, he's, he's requiring poll workers to wear masks, and uh, you know he's sent out instructions for sanitizing uh, both voting machines and the uh, the, play, the area around that. You're right, uh, 800,000 masks uh, sent out uh, by the uh, Direct Department of Administrative Services, I think, in September to polling uh, to uh, the boards of elections around the state. Uh, but he's also said if a voter turns up, does not have a mask, they'll be asked to do curbside voting. And if they can't or won't do that, then they are allowed to go in and cast their vote. He says there's no way they're going to turn anybody away from a polling place because they're not wearing a mask. So that's something folks ought to ought to be aware of if they start hearing misinformation about that kind of thing, because, you know, that's another element that that we don't need to talk about. It's not not really your area, but misinformation is very much a part of this election year. Uh, we're talking this morning, by the way, with Patrick Lewis. He's an uh, election lawyer from uh, Cleveland. He's been involved in a variety of different uh, actions and cases uh, covering a variety of different aspects of election law, security, and that kind of thing. Uh, so, Patrick, let me turn the, uh, our attention to the idea of additional drop boxes. Secretary LaRose has talked about maybe setting up some additional drop boxes in counties around, in Ohio to give folks uh, more locations where they can drop off uh, ballots. Now, he uh, has said he can't do that. Uh, the law won't let him, and in some cases, they don't really have the people. Uh, what do you think about additional drop boxes? Uh, is, is that a security problem that county boards of elections would have to address? I think the idea of having drop boxes around you know, the counties, I, I, I do have concerns about the security implications of that. I think, you know, and I know I'm up here in Cleveland. I know our Board of Elections has had a box for a long time. It's, it's a very large, very sturdy box in the parking lot. It's, it's monitored um, so that if there's any trouble, people can, you know, go out and camp. <laughs> anybody does, is up to no good, they'll, they're likely to be caught. The box is unlikely to be stolen or tampered with. Um, so there, there are just, a, you know, I have a concern about having boxes sitting out on the street or wherever they would place them around the county, um, particularly this close to the election. It's, it's always troubling when you change voting rules right 
you know, right on the eve of an election because there's things you don't think about, potential, uh, you know, unintended consequences. Um, you know, the Ohioans have a lot of different, there's so many different ways you can vote. I know the secretary is still working, for example, to try to get uh, postage prepaid envelopes for the ballots. I, I don't know where that stands exactly, but I know he's looking at that. And even still, you know, voters can vote any number of different ways. And I think, um, you know, to make sure that the ballot boxes are secure, you know, I would certainly sleep better at night knowing that there's only uh, the, our election boards only really have to worry about one in each county. One of the the nightmare scenarios uh, is the idea of a foreign government or maybe even a domestic organization, maybe one of the political parties or a third party, anybody, anybody at all, you, me, you know, a 17-year-old a, a in a basement interfering with an election. In your experience, are Ohio's elections safe from that kind of meddling, hacking, uh, interference from, uh, you know, an outside source in any way? So I have never heard of any credible evidence of any foreign interference in the elections. I, I know that Ohio takes that very seriously. I, I know Secretary LaRose is, has put a lot of emphasis on that, uh, ensuring cybersecurity at, uh, for all of our boards of election. I know that uh, our election systems are kept off the Internet, so you can't, you know, from the internet, you know, hack in and, and change polling uh, results and that sort of thing. So it's something to always be vigilant about. However, uh, I, I don't see, I see Ohio's voting systems as being uh, pretty robust and, and pretty secure as far as they go. Once again, that was Patrick Lewis. He is an election security expert uh, from Cleveland and uh, talked about a lot of different issues there. Let's break a few of those down individually. Uh, Christy, first of all, the issue of multiple drop boxes in counties to make it easier for people to get to. It's to ease what could be a crush of absentee voting for this. And there was a lawsuit that was filed um, against, of course, Frank LaRose to expand the number of ballot drop boxes for the election. So the complaint was filed a couple of weeks ago, and it outlines uh, the urgent need to expand the number of secure voter drop boxes in all uh, 88 Ohio counties. But LaRose, he had a directive that was prohibiting county election boards from installing drop boxes anywhere but at the board of election. So that was the issue, Mm. and that's where the lawsuit came about, that, no, we need more places for these boxes to be. I don't know where that stands as of right now. The lawsuit's been filed. I don't know if LaRose is going to come out and say, all right, we'll we'll put a couple more out, you know, to make it easier. But right now, as it stands, those drop boxes are only to be at boards of election. Right. Frank, and what, what would the problem be if the, they were to be anywhere else but those boards of election? Fraud? That de- well, that, that depends on your county. Yeah. And that's where we are right now as of this recording. That lawsuit's still up in the air. But let, you know, we'll just take two examples real quick. You know, Franklin County is a Democratic uh, Board of Commissioners. They are, they're cool with it. Uh, but they also probably have more money and may have uh, more people. Mm-hmm. In Delaware, they have a Republican Board of Commissioners. They're against it because they don't think they've got the money or the people to install drop boxes and make them secure at various mm. locations around that county. It's easier to keep track of the drop box at the Board of Election than to have 20 others spread out There's around no the county. There's no one-size-fits-all. Right. Uh, okay, uh, so that's what the issue yeah. is. You, you wonder maybe even, you know, what about a post office? You know, I it's a federal organization. You, you put a big red thing that says 
four ballots only. Four ballots and, only. And uh, you just hope that we're not all idiots and we can tell the difference between. <laughs> well, you would think, that. but you know what? It is 2020. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Predicting what happens next is we've, we've thrown it out the window. Uh, and yeah, security is one of the issues because ballot harvesting. You know, there are laws and guidelines as to how many ballots you can take and bring to a board of elections. You can take more than one, you and your neighbors. and a, you know, But you, you worry about somebody grabbing, uh, you know, five, mm-hmm. and some of them aren't real. Right. And that's the problem with multiple drop boxes. Um, speaking of fraud and, and things, Greg, you got some things in the mail earlier this summer that raised your... It looks suspicious. It does. Yeah, it didn't smell right. So yeah. So basically, show the rest my, of the class. <laughs> so, look, I, I, I have a, yeah, a show and tell here. Well, one reason why it was suspicious to me is it was my wife got it, and I only my wife. I didn't get one, and it's basically an absentee ballot application, and it has almost all of her information already filled out. Ooh. All she needed to do was sign it, date it, and mail it back. But it just was really peculiar because she's never she never asked for an application. Like I said, she, I didn't get one. She was the only one that got one. Uh, and, and I, you know, and I, we hadn't I hadn't heard of anything in, about this. Uh, you know, in the news that these would be coming out. Uh, so it just was a little hairy that that this would just pop up in the mail. And how legit is it? Um, not to mention. You know, who am I sending this off to? That uh, already it, has all of your pertinent information exactly. on it. Now, my husband and I both got one as well, and we just tossed them because we assume that's not, it's not legit. But it is. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the uh, Franklin County Board of Elections did assure us that that you could fill that out. You could send it to the address that's on it, which is the right address. It is to the Franklin County Board of Elections or your county, wherever mm-hmm. you may reside. That's where it's got to go. You don't send it to the Frank- Secretary of State. You send it to your county board of elections. So... The address they put on there is right. The information is okay, so it's not fraud. And what Go you're ahead getting, and do it. it's an application for the absentee right. ballot. And if you don't do it, the Secretary of State's office is going to start sending out absentee ballot requests to every registered voter sometime around Labor Day. So okay. if, if so have, some of those one. may already yeah. be in the mail, okay. 7.9 million of those going out. Now, so if you don't, if you did throw that away, don't worry, they're going to send you another one. And, and, but and what I if sh- I still, and I want to say this right now, I have every intention, if we're allowed to, to physically go to my polling location and vote in person. And Is it, that still going to be an option? Because, quite honestly, if you can go out and do some of the things that we've been doing, there's no reason whatsoever why we can't get our asses to the polls. No, and I think that's going to come down to personal choice. Uh, La Rosa's office uh, got $24.8 million they sent to boards of elections for election security, strengthening cybersecurity, uh, getting cybersecurity experts available so they could touch them, base with them, network intrusion detection, um, malicious domain blocking services, and even emergency preparedness in case there's something else besides a pandemic that comes up like oh, a, a like an asteroid uh, yeah <laughs> it's 2020 why not, it's why not? plague of locusts uh, <laughs> so they're prepared for that but one interesting thing that came up uh recently a, a representative a democrat thomas west of canton sent the governor a letter said why don't you use the national guard to act as poll workers because they are having a hard time getting enough poll workers mm, a lot of those folks are volunteers older. they're yeah. volunteers and they're older and they are either afraid to go work at the polls and sure. spend 14 hours or whatever it is, you know, in a location where they may come in contact with somebody infected. Or, you know, their doctors said, don't do it. You know, you're at too high a risk. And so they are finding a lot of shortages in a lot of these counties. So this suggestion of using the National Guard has come up. The governor did not shoot it down as first, you know, as soon as it was mentioned. 
you know, uh, we'll see where it goes. And I know there. that that plea has been made on numerous levels that they need poll workers. Now, I'll tell you what. My mother uh, was a poll worker for years, and her polling place was at my high school. So it was <laughs> always a wonderful time, you know, two times a year whenever she was there, that during lunchtime I'd walk by wherever she was sitting and go, hey, Ma, she's working the polls and everything else. And <laughs> it's so weird to look back at those times right now and how easy it was and how and now it's like we can't even get the poll workers. We're gonna we're not gonna be able to physically go. Perhaps I guess it's up to the individual if they want to do it or not. Yeah, and they, you know, uh, the word is that if they can't get the workers, they can't open the polling locations. And so that means before you go vote, if you're intending to vote in person, or even if you want to, you know, if you're going to vote in person, you got to so make sure I- you know your voting, your polling locations open because they remember in the primary yeah. they moved a lot of them out of those congregate settings, so mm-hmm. nursing assisted living home uh, homes that. You know, had 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 bad outbreaks, and so they may not put them back. But so schools, your polling locations, their, their kids aren't in school, so I think the school should be okay. <laughs> That's right. There'd be nobody else there, right? Uh, but no cookies, you know, maybe. Um, but but I'll, I want to so ask check, this. Check before you go. Yeah, I want to ask. Stickers. So if I'm still, I'm bound and determined. You know what? I'm going to march in. I'm going to go to my church there, and you know where where my my polling location is, and I plan to go in in person, like I always do, and get my little sticker. Hey, I voted. So if they don't have enough polling, how soon will we get the word that, hey, that polling location is not open? You're going to have, would it be too late at that point where, wait, I threw away all the absentee ballots because I had every intention of going in person to vote? I think you need to probably periodically check. Okay. I don't think you want to wait till the morning of election day to check and see where your nearest polling location. There will be one for you. It may not be conveniently close. Okay. You know, usually those things are, you know, right around the corner. Well, yeah, two minutes from my house. Yeah, well, you may have to drive... 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, probably not, but you're going to want to know how far. So if you are going to do the mail-in version, if you're going to do, you know, apply for your absentee ballot, get that ballot, fill it out, send it in. Uh, Don't forget, as of our recording this session, the state's not going to pay your postage. That's been a big argument. LaRose wants the legislature to approve it. The legislature has not approved it. The Democrats in the legislature are mad about it. And so it's a it's a partisan and in a government, you know, three way feud among people that why don't you put them stamps on these things for these people? And you gotta put two stamps on, you know, these ballots because when you send them back because they're to make sure they go through. So So what is that? How many cents are we talking? How much is... Po- well, I've got, here I've got forever stamps that have been in my yeah, wallet right, for three right, and a half right, yeah, years. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's about 7.9 million registered voters. All right. So that's about 16 million stamps. Okay. Wow. <laughs> I don't have that many. I don't, well, I don't have that many. I, I don't put anything in the mail anymore. It's so well, weird, and, except yeah. for like birthday cards yeah. and thank you notes. Right. And, and there's so many things that you... You know, you get in the mail that the postage is already paid for, that you mail off. They, something this important, right. they can't agree upon. And many states do. Ours just doesn't. Interesting. Oh, and so it's a state issue It's a state-by-state state thing. So, you know, when you do get that and you get ready to put it in, make sure, if you know, if it doesn't say postage paid, that you put a stamp or two on there. Now, uh, here here's a question I I know we don't have the answers to or else we would be, uh, you know, big-time uh, uh, <laughs> political figure. <laughs> We'd be on CNN or something, uh, right? <laughs> you know, all the effort in security and questions and discussions and debates and voting – when are they going to do an online secure voting 
uh, option. You, you would think that would already be around by now. I almost asked Patrick Lewis that question because I, and then I thought, you know, why they're not going to do it? Because that is really not safe. If you can't That's have for hacking, zo- if you can't have a Zoom meeting with a bunch of second graders, <laughs> how are you going to vote for president online? Yeah, and I think yeah, right yeah. now. Uh, and I, I'm just I'm answering for somebody who who's probably capable of answering them for themselves. That'd be your board of elections or your secretary of state. But one of the things that they pride themselves on every time this comes up is don't forget your Ohio system is not hooked up to the internet. It's electronic, but, but it's not your vote Wi-Fi doesn't go into the interwebs. Yeah. You know, it's into the it's, dark web. It's stored at the polling place and it's transmitted to the Board of Elections and it's transmitted to the Secretary of State's office and it's counted, but at no point is it floating around there where some hacker from Russia or Florida can get their hands on it and change it. And now people, of course, are worried about, you know, the the debacle with the post office right now, what we're dealing with that. And I know people are using this as kind of a of a stepping stone going, all right, you know what? If you feel really, really safe mailing in your ballot, the Postal Service is going to take care of it. Put a thousand dollars cash in an envelope, mail it to yourself. And if you think it's going to come back to you and all of it's going to be intact, then you go ahead and vote by mail. If you don't, then you go vote, vote in person. That's a pretty good rule of thumb. Yeah, you know, two thousand dollar cash. Yeah, thousand dollars in cash. <laughs> you know, something is not equating a thousand dollars is as important as a as an election, but, but for some valuable. people, it, it's something very valuable. Yeah. And we, you know, part of the whole post office, you know, uh, kerfuffle has been the amount of time they think it's going to take the post office to get your stuff back, and that it might not make it in time, and that is an issue because you have to have those things postmarked by November second in order for them to get to the Board of Elections. But they've only got, I believe, 10 days to get there. And so, you know, time is running out. So we might not out. have a, a true winner. A, I mean, uh, we're going to have a, a hanging chads situation yeah. here. Uh, exactly. I guarantee it. I don't know. I'm yeah, calling it, it now, mid-August. It won't be hanging chads, but absentee ballots that have been received are always the first ones counted. But the absentee ballots that haven't been received yet are not the first ones counted. So that's why they don't certify the election for about 10 days. Okay. They're still counting the, the late yep. mailed in or dropped off absentee ballots. You can drop them off on November 3rd at the Board of Elections. Maybe they on should Morse make Road. absentee ballots a little bit sooner than the day before the election. <laughs> well, you know, and that was something that's another political, you know. Uh, feud that has been going on. They eliminated a week of voting at some point. Or, you know, oh, yeah, that's right. The, there yes. was a lawsuit about eliminating, I think it was the Golden Week, where you could register and vote on the same day for a week, uh, and then before the calendar started started counting off. And now they've eliminated, they eliminated that week a couple of years ago. And that's you know just part of the feud between Democrats and Republicans about making it easy to vote or too easy to vote or too difficult to vote. Yeah. So, uh, just to recap... Um, the uh, general election is November 3rd. Uh, your deadline to register, whether it's by mail or in person, is October 5th. And then you will have to have your application returned to your Board of Elections by mail on October 1st. Uh, you can drop off your application in person on November by November 2nd. And as, as we're saying, as of now, that's only at our polling. Or that's our, only your board, 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 of, board of Elections. Correct. For the drop boxes. Correct. As of right now, as of this recording. Yeah. And you got to have it, if you're going to mail it in, you got to have it postmarked by November 2nd. Then uh, November 3rd, and you can uh, drop that off uh, in uh, person at your Board of Elections, or you just go in to vote at your nearest polling place, or your county board of elections. Now, Secretary of State, he's going to be sending out those absentee ballot requests to every registered voter in Ohio, like you said earlier, Clark, Labor Day, sometime around Labor Day. Uh, 7.9 million people, and that includes 857,000 in Franklin County alone. 
And, and, and we, just to kind of bounce on that, we did see so Trump has been sending out some um, absentee ballot applications. Yes. And they look like propaganda. Uh, you know, they look like Trump campaign flyers. It's half Trump flyer. Yeah. yeah. He's there um, smiling and raising his fist. And, but again, they're legit. Yeah. Whether you're going to vote for Trump or you're not going to vote for Trump, you can get it, you know get your absentee ballot by filling out yeah. one of these applications. That's absolutely right. And Just piggybacked on that whole thing. Yeah. Why not? Yeah. And the ballots that are requested, they're going to start mailing those out on October 6th. That's the very first day of early voting. So if you want to vote early, you can go down the Board of Elections. I just and want you to get it done and over with. <laughs> yeah. Like so many things in this year. Just and, get it done and over with. And over the next few weeks, of course, we're going to be keeping track of what all's on the ballot because we, we lost track during the. We seem the, to be like hyper focused, of course, on the presidential election. But and I'm also sure. on the process. Yeah. Uh, but we're going to keep a track of what's going to be on your ballot um, as we get closer to the date. And we'll, you know, let you know that, you know what? Uh, you might want to vote on October 5th. You might not. You might want to wait a little while. You might have something to think about right. and, and mull over. Right. All right, Christy Kemper, QFM 96, thanks again, as well, always. Well, thank you, my brethren. And uh, Greg Hansberry, our producer. You're welcome. I will uh, also make sure we have a link uh, to check your ballot status uh, um, tagged on here on our show description. So if you want to go through, you can just click right there and see, find out all the details of, uh, you know, if you're... If your application has been accepted or not, yeah. I guess. <laughs> and, and, yeah, and I'm pretty sure it will be. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's good, useful information. Thanks, Greg. Uh, just a reminder that uh, you know we'll be back again on this site. Uh, if you have any issues you want to hear us talk about, if you want to point out some mistakes we made, we'd be glad to uh, acknowledge those and correct them. Uh, just email us at 2020vision at columbusradiogroup.com. Rate us, review us, subscribe on your favorite podcast app and on the free Sunday 95 app. And of course, tell you our friends, your political junkie friends, uh, and your Aunt Sally all about us. <laughs> Thanks again.